Yo, what's up, y'all? What's going on, man? Y'all already know what it is. Another episode of the Just Ivan Jr. podcast, man. And I hope you're having a great week so far. You know, it's Monday. I always got to say this. I know Monday's not always the best day, but I'm always making sure I'm keeping my uh, attitude positive towards Monday because Monday does start off our week. So I hope <clears throat> you guys are having a great Monday. And if not, I pray that you continue to adjust to the Monday and that you have a better rest of the week. So I got uh, another episode for you. And this episode is going to be based on how my weekend was this past weekend when I had a family reunion this weekend. Uh, so it was my immediate side of the family. We had to put on the family reunion this year. So, you know, we had to, we was in charge of cooking and cleaning and all that stuff. And then usually afterwards too, like um, the last part of the family reunion tradition is the church service. And I actually got to preach at the church. Um, service this year so uh <laughs> so pretty much i just wanted to um kind of talk about what i talked about in the sermon i'm not gonna obviously preach the whole sermon but i'm just gonna throw out some things to you guys some things for you to think about even in your own lives when it comes to you know what i you know what i was talking about and things of that nature and i just wanted to say thank you for listening taking time out of your day to listen to this podcast and if you have been listening you know thank you for continuing to rock with me Rock out with me when it comes to this podcasting thing. I'm far from perfect from it. And there's still stuff that I can do a lot better. So just, you know, uh, continue to work with me. So this episode is called Family Matters. And that's pretty much what I talked about in my sermon when it comes to family matters. Because um, as a believer in Jesus Christ, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, uh, taking care of your family is actually, you know, extremely important. It's actually really important. And... Throughout this whole process, you know, of even preparing for the sermon, even thinking about what I was going to talk and preach about, uh, you know, and reading, I just felt like this was placed on my heart because of everything we've been through in the last few years with COVID and how we all had to be isolated and even away from certain family members and other people, right? And because we were isolated, you know, mental health rose to really high numbers and domestic violence rose to really high numbers while having to deal with Everything else that's still around because, you know, some reason people think since COVID and all that stuff was around that everything else disappeared, but not at all. You know, uh, the last two years, two and a half years, you know, there was a lot for us to deal with as a country, as a nation, right? And one thing I was like happy about when it came to my family, why I feel so blessed is the fact that we still continue to have family reunion, even though the last two years we weren't able to. Right. And we could have been complacent. We could have been lazy. And we just decided, you know what, we're just going to, you know, we're just going to do this thing. We're going to continue to continue to carry the tradition that's been around in my family for like 50 years. Like we had a family reunion for 50 years. And that's a really true blessing because a lot of people's families don't do that. You know, they don't meet together. They don't come together. And I wish more families actually would because I think it's something that's very vital and important when it comes to our families you know we can't pick who our family is sometimes and i kind of want to go to this verse real quick and this is the verse that my bad my allergies is killing me right now it's my fault <laughs> but this verse is uh first timothy 5 8 and this is what i'm talking about when it comes to family being important um hold on real quickly i'm gonna share my screen i'm gonna put this up uh hold on Actually, I don't really feel like doing all that. Look, I don't feel like doing all that right now. Anyways, so I'm reading from 1 Timothy 5, 8 to the New Testament. You can read on with me if you want. I'm going to read it real quickly. And Paul says, but if anyone does not provide for his family, 
I mean, for his relatives, I'm sorry, and especially for the members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So when we look at the context of 1 Timothy 5, 8, right, and the whole book of Timothy is Paul writing to his protege, a.k.a. mentor, a.k.a. someone he's discipling, Timothy, who's also another pastor, at, and he's at another church right now in Ephesus, and he's giving them church instructions, he's giving pastoral instructions, and in chapter 5, He's given the church instructions about how to deal with certain groups that's in the church right now. So in chapter five, he talks a lot about widows, how to deal with widows that are in the church. He talks a lot about um, the elderly, how to how to deal with people who are older, younger, the age gap, things like that, how we supposed to approach that. And then in verse eight, he got real personal when it came to this, talking about, but if anyone doesn't provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, you know, he's talking about your immediate family right your household but he's also talking about even your relatives it could be your cousin it could be your uncle your aunt like and what he means by provide not provide something financially but provide spiritually meaning anyone who's spiritually dependent on you as a follower of jesus someone who might need you spiritually is is our responsibility for the most part right and he says he has denied the faith and is worse than unbeliever meaning not like denied the faith in a verbal sense meaning like you publicly denounce something but your conduct and how you act, right? And back then, like if you were called an unbeliever as a, as a, as a Christian back then in the first century, you know that's like almost a slap in the face. Like, and Paul is saying you're worse than an unbeliever when you are not providing for your family, the people in your household, the people that are close to you, your family members, things of that nature, right? So when I you know originally looked at this verse, right, and I thought about it, right during the pandemic. But some of the loneliest times in a lot of people's lives. A lot of people felt alone. A lot of people felt isolated. A lot of people were suffering in silence. A lot of people were by themselves. A lot of family members were torn. So some of the questions I even asked, like, was, you know, and I might even ask you guys this. Have you felt alone during the pandemic times? Like, have you felt alone during the heart of it? Like, have you felt, like, super alone? Also, like, do you feel like you had enough support? Do you feel like you had enough support from, like, your family, yourself? Do you feel like you had a lot of support? Um, Have you told people that what you were dealing with during the pandemic? Like, have you like have you told people that you're going through this, you need help with this, I'm feeling alone? Like, have you spoke up about it? Because a lot of times we suffer in silence a lot. Or we feel like we got everything under control, but we don't. And then four, I asked, and this is the one thing I wanted us to focus on, was... Were you there for your families, your immediate family and your relatives? Were you there for them? Were you there for people? Were you there for your loved ones? Like, were you there when you see someone's Facebook or Instagram post or whatever, and they're talking about how they're dealing with something, which you can like it and say you're going to pray for them. And I hope you do pray for them. That's a good thing. But did you message them? Like, did you text them? Did you call them and let them know, like, how are you? Because sometimes the conversation even means a lot than just commenting something one little comment like have we reached out and the thing is if we do number four like if all of us in our own families do number four and actually care and actually sincere about it then it will address one through three and we do number four properly it will address one through three right and that's the thing as followers of jesus do we do that have we been doing that right and the thing is, I get how difficult our families can be. I get that not everyone's family is hunky-dory. Not everyone's family is perfect. You might have people who really harmed you. 
or really did something to you verbally, things like that, physically, like a lot of different, like, like I get it. Not everyone's family is perfect, right? And honestly, in that circumstance, if someone really did something harmful to you, forgiving is some way that can be a spiritual God. Praying for them can be a spiritual God, not saying you have to condone whatever happened, whatever was done to you, but forgiving them so that way you can move on because forgiveness is for you and praying for that person to grow and for them to find Christ is one way you can spiritually for, you know, people who really did something like that to you, something that's super heinous that you're just not going to be able to continue some type of relation with them, then you can do that. But for every other instance, which I'm really talking about, what more can we do to help for our families, provide for our families? To be there for our family, especially as a follower of Jesus. Like, this is something that God takes serious. This is something that's taken serious. Like, what can we do? What do we do? How can we spiritually provide, right? And some easy things you can do is, for one, just be who you are in Christ. Be yourself in Christ. Be who you are. Be his ambassador. Right? We are ambassadors of Christ. Like, if you read 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 20 and paul is pretty much talking about you know reconciliation that now since jesus christ he died on the cross for our sins and took out the punishment of sin for us because before that we were separated from god because of our sin and our sinful nature right so jesus came to pay the price for sin that we deserve so that way we can be reconciled with the father so now we're brand new in christ not brand new as in we're flawless but brand new that we serve Jesus, someone who is what well, was flawless, someone who did do the right things, and we model and follow after him. So it's not about living the perfect life, but living the life of being a godly, fair man or woman and being set free from sin. Being set free from these things, right? So that we do have grace, that we can be forgiven for these things, and we are saved by grace, not by making sure you're following this stuff by a T because we can't do that. And then later on, he talks about um, being ambassadors for Christ, making sure being ambassador means that we're represent, representing him, right? So we're representing Christ. That means it should be like that everywhere we go, not just in church, not just in Bible study or whatever, but like it should be at work, should be at the mall, should be at the gym, it should be at the supermarket. Everywhere we go, we should be representing him. And how that makes a difference for our people, our family members, that people that we look up to, how that makes a difference is the fact that, you know, even for myself, when I think about myself, right, like growing up, uh, I just think about how, oh, you know, when I first became, well, no, well, when I first publicly let people know that I was following Jesus, it was hard, it was difficult, you know, especially in school where kids say any and everything to you, you know, it is difficult, it is hard, but I just was myself and I tried to be myself. I even hung around kids in the neighborhood that were, you know, smoking and selling and doing everything else and doing all, you know, and I was just myself just being around, just being me. Where they knew not to even offer me the stuff because they knew that's just who I was. They knew that was my conduct. And then after a while, you know, they just started to be like, yo, like, why do you act like this? Or yo, like, why do you, or man, like, can you pray for me? Or man, like, and that's. Right then and there, you could just spread the gospel of Jesus just like that. Or even when I got older, you know, and started working after high school and doing a little college and where I had older people who were way older than me. I'm 19 years old. And I got someone that's 40 or 50 years old coming to me, talking to me about their problems. Right. And I didn't go up to them saying, you know, Jesus, this, Jesus, that, you know, I didn't necessarily do all that. And But they came to me because they felt like 
I'm someone that they can go to. They felt like I'm the light in whatever dark situation that they were going through in their life. So what I'm saying is being a follower of Jesus is not about just knowing all the right things to say. It's not all about um, memorizing all the Bible verses and talking a good game. Because to be honest, excuse my French, a lot of people are good BSers out here. Like People can BS. People can pretend. People can say. And even sometimes in our church services, you see it. People talk a good game, say this and that, blah, 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 blah. But you look outside the church walls. When you look into the real world, when it really matters, they don't follow up with it. You know, in James, in the book of James, chapter one, you know, I think in 22, he talks about hearing and doing the word. Like, now, don't just be a hearer of the word, but also a doer of the word because we fool ourselves when we just do one thing. We have to do both things. And a lot of people are receptive to people who talk the talk. And walk the walk. People who go out and do it. That's how much of a difference you're going to make in people's lives. Not by what you can quote. Not by just knowing everything. But also walking. Also doing the thing. Because that's different. That's what sticks out. Because a lot of people don't talk the talk or walk the walk. Right? So when you do. You know when you do what Jesus asks you to do. And be a follower of him. And follow him. And, and do the best that you can. People are going to grab onto that. Including the people that's in your family. So when you just walk the walk and talk the talk, people will come to you and your family. They will spiritually feel like they're someone they can come to you for help, for provision, for guidance, all these other different things, right? It's all about making sure our conduct is, is, is on point. Making sure we're walking the walk. Making sure we're just doing our best to do the right thing. It's not about putting all of us saying we're Jesus. No, it's just making sure that, you know, we're following him and just, you know, walking the walk, reading his word. Reading what he says, reading his commands, you know, just trying to follow that as best as we can. Because you don't know what difference you're making, not only from the people on the outside, but even from your own family members. You don't know who actually looks up to you by you being a follower of Christ. Now, I could start out judgmental, sure, but when you're actually walking a walk and being who you are in Christ, they're going to start to look up to you in different ways that you might not even think, from older to younger. And I dealt with both sides of it in my life. Right. And then, you know, one other thing I just want us to think about when it comes to helping us be able to provide for our families, you know, is just making sure that we're being guided, making sure we're letting um, God's spirit guide us, making sure that we're allowing the fruits of the spirit to actually show. And the fruits is just evidence of, you know, Christ being in you, the spirit being in you. Right. Um it's just evidence of that, you know, the fruits of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, you know, self-control. So when the spirit's working in you, you're going to show love to people who don't even deserve it. You're going to choose to love people because they don't deserve it, because love is not bound by fuzzy feelings or feeling great or feeling good. No, love is making a decision and choosing to love your family members despite of what's going on. Choosing to have peace in whatever situation that's coming to you, that's difficult. Choosing to have patience because patience is something we all suck at. Like, man, let's have, man, we need, I need to work on my patience. Like, we suck at having patience. You know, self control, like making sure we have self control. The spirit helps us not cuss everybody out and have self control, not blow up on the difficult family members. Cause come on now, families annoy you. We know what buttons to push. You know how family members know what button to push to make you mad. You know what buttons to make your family members, man. I know I do. And I know I'm annoying. You know what I'm saying? I got no problem, no shame in it. I'm annoying. I annoy people. Much because I love you. <laughs> but when we allow uh, the Holy Spirit to 
guide us, to help us, because that's what Jesus said the Holy Spirit was for, is to help us. Not just, you know, for gifts in the church, for for just preaching and, and singing and all those other good, all the other things, you know, all, you know and, and praying and all that stuff is great. And, the, you know, the Spirit works in that, of course, but also your conduct on outside of the church, how the Holy Spirit works into you. It works in you. It helps you every single day. Every single day. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have access to the Spirit to help us each and every day because every day is, is difficult. And we need the Holy Spirit because in our own power, we won't be able to love. Without In our own power, we won't be able to have joy in difficult times. In our own power, we won't be able to have patience and peace and show people kindness in our own power because in our human nature, we can't do it. But the power of, of the Holy Spirit inside of us, we're able to do that things. We are able to love difficult people. We are able to have patience when our patience is running thin. When you normally don't have patience, you are able to have self control on matters that you can easily blow up about, and, and, and rightfully so, you should blow up about it. The spirit working in us—that's how we're able to move. That's how we're able to deal with the difficult things about our family. Because some family history is messy, right? Right? I get that. So we need help from the Holy Spirit to let us guide us to help. Be the good influence and provide it spiritually for our family like, like we should. And ultimately, you know, when it comes to the enemy, when it comes to Satan, he, you know, he does break up family homes. That's what he's known to do. Target the families. Why does he target the families? You know, why Adam and Eve, he got them to sin immediately. You know, screwing up the whole world. That was a family right there. He brought sin into that family right there, already breaking up the family home. And then when you look at Moses. And the Egyptians killed all the Hebrew boys because the Egyptian people were scared that the uh, Hebrews were going to overtake them, get rid of the Hebrew boys. That's messing up families right there. Or looking at Joseph, his situation where his brothers got jealous of him and then uh, they sold him into slavery, right? That's the enemy influencing them right there, right? There's so many different instances. Like, even if you look outside of Scripture, right? When you look at the transatlantic slave trade, what's one of the main things the white settlers did to us, right? They separated families, they broke up family households and stuff like that, right? And when you also look at uh, even the Holocaust, they did the same thing. So the enemy's out here. There's a reason why he's destroying family units because when your family unit has a foundation with Christ and a foundation with God, it can't be it can't be broken. It can't be bent, and it's strong. And we have a family foundation, and the Bible talks about the roles of fathers and mothers and your children, how you should raise them, how you should, like it's all that's in Scripture for a reason. It's important to have a family that's a foundation on Christ. And that is what the enemy doesn't want. Right? So at the end of the day, the family is, I mean, the uh, Satan is out here messing up households. Right? So really, and I don't want to be talking on here, you know, too long, but I just want to just throw this out here to you. Pretty much. One last thing. Um, what more, especially if you're a follower of Christ, this is what we're definitely talking to. What more can you do to help your family? What more can you do to be a spiritual influence on the people that are dependent on you right and when we're thinking about family units right in antiquity like that means like ancient ancient past right like first century stuff like that the family unit wasn't like how we think it is you know we're just western cultures not just mom dad kids you know what i mean because a lot of the husbands back then they you know they died early you know what i mean because it was either because of they fought war or, like, viruses, diseases, stuff like that, they died. So that's why there was a, a lot of widows then, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of the husbands, they did pass away. But they had brothers that came and lived with them. They had really close family friends that came and lived with them. Like, families are blended. So don't even 
restricted to just your immediate family you grew up in a household with. They should be included, obviously, but also your neighbor, your friend who always come over, the one kid's friends that keeps coming over your house, the distant cousins, all that stuff should be included when it comes to this. And what more can you do for your family? Families aren't perfect. Families got best. Families got this and that, right? And the goal is not to be buddy-buddy. And the goal is not, like, look, the goal is not, like, okay, my job is to convince all my family members who aren't followers of Jesus to be followers of Jesus. No, that's not what it's for. No. The point is to be there for them spiritually, to plant the seed in them. Because the reality is you probably won't have family members that they all won't. Like, we will want that, sure. But they're not all going to follow Jesus, right? Or we might not even live to see it sometimes or even see it coming. But our job is just to be followers of Christ, just to be a light of the world and to look out for our families and just to plant the seed. And all you got to do is be, let the, you know, let God guide you in that. Let God guide you in it. Don't overdo it. Don't overstep it. And just remember, just be who you are in Christ. Just walk the walk. That does way more than what you, you know, really think. And, you know, just thinking about COVID and everything that happened, just thinking about our my family history and everything like that, that's why I wanted to talk about and preach about briefly like in my sermon. Because I don't preach all my whole sermon. But I just want us followers of Christ to get thinking about what more can we do for our families? Because there's way more that we all can do to be there for our families, the people that's around us, the people that we grew up with. What more can we do to help? Because everyone plays their part, because you don't have to do everything, right? But if we play our part and do our thing, and do what we're supposed to do, and we spread that to everybody else, then we all will be looking out for one another. Because it's not one person that does it, right? It should be multiple. It should be a lot of us in our family looking out for one another, right? And that's how it should be. So, I just want to throw that up, throw that out there about our families and just think about your family or think about someone you consider family and what more you can do spiritually, especially if you're a follower of Jesus. Because Paul says, you know, that's worse than being on a believer when we don't provide for them properly. Like, that's serious. Families is important. So I just want to throw that out there and just get you thinking. But our family does matter. So that's pretty much all I got for you guys today. You know, it's only 20 minutes. That's a short one for me. But that's all I got. Appreciate y'all for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Peace.